By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Thanks for tuning in to Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People on the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Steve Ray, your host, and this podcast features interviews with the people actually making a difference in the Italian wine market in America, their experiences, challenges, and personal stories. And I'll be adding a practical focus to the conversation based on my 30 years in the business. So if you're interested in not just learning how, but also how else, then this pod is for you. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Steve Ray, of Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People. After two and a half years and 100 episodes, I decided it's time to pass the baton, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. So this is my last episode, and instead of an interview, I thought I'd take the opportunity to talk about what I've learned during the podcast and also reflect on some of the accomplishments and recognize that most of these accomplishments are directly a result of people like you listening in. So thanks for listening. So I framed my comments into answering four questions. The first one was, why did I do the podcast in the first place? Second, what did I expect to accomplish? Third, what did I hope to accomplish? And fourth, what did I learn along the way that might be valuable to you, my listeners? So let's start from the beginning and with the first question, why do a podcast? And like so much of my life dealing with Italian wines in the last 10 years, it's a simple answer that Stevie Kim asked me to. It started out with about 20, 25 segments of me reading from my book, How to Get U.S. Market Ready. And the idea was to bank the recordings for a potential audio version of the book. We haven't issued that yet, but at least we have the content. And then came COVID. And like so many projects, it made sense to shift gears and adapt to the reality of figuring out how to do business in a world where travel and face-to-face meetings and conferences came to a screeching halt. I learned early on that sound quality was paramount, so I I set up my office as a recording studio. I've got sound baffling on the ceiling and walls, a professional quality microphone, headphones, other recording gear. So I got that part covered. Then in approximately August of 2020, we segued to an interview format where I've been doing the series that has aired on Mondays on the Italian Wine Podcast channel. And one of the things that defines the Italian Wine Podcast today is it's an every day of the week series. I'm pleased to have the Monday slot, but there's uh, six other broadcasts uh, that happen throughout the rest of the week. And it was a unique idea at the time. And of course, it was Stevie's. And frankly, uh, I think it's worked. My co-podcasters were and are Mark Millen on travel, Cynthia Chaplin doing voices, Stevie doing interviews with Professor Shenza and also her On the Road series, and also Polly Hammond doing Uncorked on Sundays. 
Uh, Victoria Checha has replaced Polly with her new show, uh, The Next Generation, interviewing the Gen Z age cohort of 20-ish folks in the Italian wine business. And uh, it's very entertaining and interesting. And starting next Monday, Juliana Colangelo will be launching her new show in this same Monday time slot that you're listening to today, titled Masterclass U.S. Wine Market with Juliana Colangelo, and I wish her the best of luck. And one last point uh, before I leave that subject is I'd like to give a shout out to Joy Livingston, Cynthia Chaplin, and Laika Kaparis, and all the other folks in Verona for joining me on the journey and, and help making it happen. And happen it did. One other thing I hadn't thought about initially uh, was the sheer reach of podcasting and how it would grow. And let me share with you some of the stats with you, stats which today blow my mind. Uh, they did in the beginning, and they've gotten uh, orders of magnitude better. Actually, I gave a presentation on podcasting at the Wine to Wine event in November 2022, and Stevie and her team will be releasing that recording soon. But check out some of the highlights, some of the stats. And keep in mind that the numbers that we get are really only from SoundCloud, which I estimate to account for roughly about half of the quote-unquote listens that we get. So I suspect that the real numbers would be double these, but these are actual numbers from SoundCloud. Early on, we were named by Feedspot as one of the top wine podcasts in 2020, and then again in 21, and then again in 2022. Pretty impressive track record of uh, continuity of uh, excellence. Second, the Italian wine podcast as a whole notched over 3 million listens in 2022. And as of February 23, we're up to over 5 million, which is amazing, especially when you consider that when we started off the whole first year was probably something like 22,000. This was after Monty had first started the uh, Italian wine podcast, and we've uh, segued into the uh, multiple versions. And in terms of who listens, or rather in terms of where they come from, I'm a little surprised, but 56% of them come from the U.S. and only 11% from Italy, and then the rest from U.K., Canada, Australia, and other countries. And, and logic would suggest that, obviously, since many of the, the uh, shows are in, in English, it would appeal to an English-speaking audience, and that's what that is. I expected Italy to be a bit higher, but um, 11% is what the data show. And my podcast alone averages about 2,000 listens on SoundCloud in the week that it airs. Not bad, but it gets better because over time, the number of listens quadruples to over 8,000 and continues to grow because of the evergreen nature of the content. So if you do the math, then that totals some 80,000 listens to my podcast. Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. And I, I've asked the question. Um, I haven't gotten the answer, but who are these people and why are they listening? And so if you have that answer, I'd like, I'd like to hear it. I do hear little bits and pieces anecdotally, but uh, it would be nice to hear from listeners. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. The second question is a little bit harder to remember clearly, and that was, what did I expect to accomplish? So I'll fess up and say I really didn't go through the kind of planning rigor I usually use or usually required of my clients and students. I figured I'd make it up as I went along. And, and that was really my first mistake. It was a mistake because I had to learn a lot about podcasting. And I was doing that learning in public and effectively on air. Probably not the, the best decision. So as I progressed, I recognized I had a lot of really valuable information to share with people in the wine and spirits industry. The book, of course, was a, was a good start. But it really only scratched the surface of the variety and complexity 
of opportunities and challenges for selling international wines in the United States. So instead of me doing a, a solo, effectively a lecture, I thought I'd have a more interesting show if I could get people with great industry street cred to share their stories, how they learned to do the things they do, and most importantly, how did they learn to create solutions to the problems that they were facing that at the time had no answers. So these were a lot of case histories. Many of you have heard me say that my goal is to help people not make the same mistakes others have made before them again for the first time. And yes, that's an awkward sentence, but it absolutely captures the reality. It just amazes me that people seem to make the same mistakes and often in the same order when trying to launch brands in the U.S. And so my day job is consulting with them to look for alternative solutions. As I stated in my intro of this show, instead of focusing how, let's be creative and figure out how else and what is right for this particular brand in this particular situation. And so the show began. I reached out to my friends in the industry to start with. And, then, and when I ran out of friends, I started adding people whose stories I thought you all would find interesting and stimulating. And collectively, I've interviewed people from all parts of the industry and frankly, all over the world. Importers, distributors, retailers, on-premise folks, Oreca, consortsi, wine writers, bloggers, brand ambassadors. Um, and the third question I asked was, was a step beyond what I expected to accomplish. And I asked, what did I hope to accomplish? And that's a bit trickier because it touches on much greater complexity than just content or facts or opinions or getting people to tell me their stories. What I really wanted to do, what I really wanted to do was to inspire people. I personally had been inspired by Kathy Hoya, who has gone to great success with her company, Analytics. And she turned me on to the joys of doing lectures at the University of Bologna Business School. And I've been doing them for about mm, seven, eight years, I think. And then I followed up on that with an annual lecture that I give at Cornell, which is my alma mater. And here's a fun fact you might not know, the origin of the term alma mater. It literally comes from alma mater studiorum, which, of course, is Latin, and translates as nurturing mother of studies that the University of Bologna adopted as their motto. And it's reflected in the school's role as responsible for the education of young students. And if you ever get a chance to go to Bologna, I'd absolutely recommend that you visit the school itself or the, the, the main undergraduate facility, which is in downtown Bologna. And the business school is way up on the hill on a former um, uh, Catholic bishop's palazzo, which is a pretty amazing place as well. And that story about alma mater reminds me of uh, a related funny story. I, I was once speaking with a colleague who attended Cambridge University, and he mentioned it was one of the oldest universities in the world, founded in 1209, I believe. My response was, well, I lecture at the actual, actual oldest university in the Western world, qualify that, University of Bologna, which dates back to 1088. Well, I guess you had to be there to find it funny. I thought it was funny at the time, and we both laughed. So back to the subject at hand. My wife, who's a teacher, had taught me that if just one or maybe even two students in any given class get it, the spark, the motivation of an idea or a new way of thinking, then you've been successful as a teacher. And one of the joys I get from my lectures at Bologna and Cornell is having a continuing relationship with the students who got it. So back to well, what we were talking about, the, the hoped-for accomplishment, as I said, call it a goal, was to inspire people through podcasting, as I seem to have done through those lectures. And I can't tell you how much I feel like a rock star 
I, I know that's pushing it, but still, <laughs> I do. When I'm in Italy, at Vin Italy, or Wine to Wine, or any of the conferences I, I've been to, and trips to Chianti and Prosecco and Sicilia and all over um, Italy. And also uh, all the different lectures and seminars and so forth that I've given in the U.S. and all over the world. So when people come up to me and say things like, I feel like I know you, I hear your voice every week, or you have a really interesting way of asking questions, or even better, it made me think. And that's what I get the real joy out of. Um, I had hoped for that, and um, I truly believe I've accomplished that. So that brings me to the last question. What did I learn along the way? And I'll start with the practical learnings, which, which might be of interest to those of you considering doing podcasting going forward, and, and I guess to people who listen to them. Preparation pays dividends. I mean, that's true of life, not just podcasting. It always does. It always will. Always did. I, I never do an interview cold. I always do my homework before. In this case, uh, pretty much all 100 of them, I would do a pre-interview from which I would develop an outline. And I found that that helps create an interview that has kind of a narrative arc, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and tells a story, which is really what conversation is all about. Second, and probably the most important one, is a good editor can make the episode. So a shout out to Joy Livingston uh, on Stevie's staff in Verona for staying with me this whole time and doing 100 of mine and, and about 600 of or 800 of everybody else's. Back to the list of uh, learnings. People react better to humor than hubris. And uh, what that's really resulted in is me changing the way I speak. Those of you who have heard me speak in public or on webinars can get the sense that I'm, I'm from New York. So I'm a bit aggressive and speak probably too rapidly to people where English is not their first language. So in podcasting, sound quality really matters because while they're really just listening, listeners are intuiting imagery to go along with what they're hearing. In olden days, uh, we spoke of radio that work, it being the theater of the mind. And I think that's very applicable to podcasting. It was also a great way to share lessons learned from my consulting gigs, and frankly, to expand my visibility as a consultant. At the end of the day, I make money by getting people to pay me to help guide them into the U.S. market. And this podcast has been a, a very effective biz dev tool uh, for doing that. And I say that in contrast to the idea of a podcast making money. Um, I think what a lot of people are finding that the podcast itself may not be a moneymaker unless you're like Rihanna or one of those people who has like a gazillion listeners. But instead, it's, it's a tool on which to establish visibility and credibility on which you can commercialize. Moving on to more general learnings. Early on, I, I changed the intro to focus on the concept that what I was talking about wasn't just how. The uh, premise was that most of the people listening already knew uh, a lot about how, but about how else. And that's because in a market like the U.S., which, while it may be the largest in the world, is also the most competitive and arguably one of its most restrictive, as well as most complicated with 52 different regulatory entities. And in a market like that, a frontal assault is not a good strategy. Doing it the way others have done it is not a good strategy. The best strategy is uh, to find intriguing, alternate, and different ways of doing it. How else? I found that it's really important to speak with a human voice, that brands must share the concerns of their communities. And in this particular case, I'm doing the verbalization for them. So as I tell a lot of my clients, our goal is really very simple, is to get other people 
to tell our story, in their words, to their friends. So that's what social media is all about. And a referral to say, hey, you should listen to this guy on the podcast, I think is one of the things that that has really grown it. And in a podcast, things like authenticity, passion, personality, all have to be communicated by the speaker's voice and intonation. And then adding insight, humor, pathos, and inquisitiveness, all balanced with respect for the guest and the audience, helps make the pod even more valuable. And I would add on to that that values and humility and straight talk and a genuine point of view take a position. These are the hallmarks of a good podcast and, frankly, of a good presentation or lecture. If you want people to talk about you or your brand, tell them something they'll find interesting and provocative and something that's worth sharing. And when I say provocative, I mean it stimulates someone who's listening to take some sort of action, make them do something, make it easy for them to do something. Because awareness without action is merely potential. And potential is a wonderful thing, but the last time I checked, the banks don't take deposits of potential. They only take deposits of cash. And I'll end the list of learnings with one remaining question for you, my ask. In a world where marketing and communications is all about conversations, why is podcasting so powerful when it's really just one-way communication with very little actual engagement? Um, that's a question that continues to puzzle me. Um, I've done all the research on podcasting. I've seen it all, and nobody's really answered it effectively. And if you have thoughts on that, I'd really like to hear from you. So reach out to me at steve at bevologyinc.com. That's steve at B-E-V-O-L-O-G-Y-I-N-C.com. So there you have it. Um, I want to thank all of you for listening, individually and collectively, both here, now, and to any of the podcasts in the series that may be, as they say, asynchronous from when they were aired. And thanks for the feedback, the goodwill, and yes, criticism. As many of you who know me know, I'm a firm believer in the theory that good enough isn't, and I'll still be working on my podcasting skills long after I've stopped doing podcasting. And last, a thanks to Stevie and the whole team in Verona. This isn't goodbye. It's truly Arrivederci, Verona. I'll see you soon. I, I, unfortunately, I won't be making it to Vin Italy in 2023. I hope to be there for Wine to Wine in November this year. And I will be back in Italy, I'm sure, for another Vin Italy or another trip through the uh, gracious support of ITA and other entities and consortia. So for now, it's goodbye and tune in to Juliana next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening. This is Steve Ray with Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People on the Italian Wine Podcast.